Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely terrific day today. Hope you guys are staying safe, as always, and continuing to spread the truth out there. I want to encourage everybody, be sure to go check out the website at Health Masters today and check out the product of the week. The last day it's on sale, the COQ10 Ubiquinol, incredibly good antioxidant formula, very, very good for the cardiovascular system and great for the heart. Be sure to check it out on the last day of the sale and vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. Looks like our hyaluronic acid oral absorbable formula is looks like it's winning pretty strong now this is a newer formula we just put together and i'll talk about it a little later on but it's really really good for the joints and really good for the skin and helps out significantly as it's an absorbable formula as a lot of times it's very difficult to absorb that especially if it's topical so be sure to read up on that and check it out if it wins tomorrow at healthmasters.com and also i want to give everybody a heads up you know dad and i talked in detail yesterday about the Greenwood Park Mall shooting incident over there in Indiana. And again, my condolences to the family that were involved that basically had loved ones that were shot at this mall. And it appears pretty much exactly what we thought is this was a staged up, set up false flag to let this kid loose. And there was a good guy with a gun that was able to stop it. That what we're reading now is that the gunman was Jonathan Sapirman, 20 years old, who basically is a 20-year-old kid, had been evicted from his apartment, Okay, apparently did not even have a job. He had run away from home multiple times when he was a minor, had been trouble for that. Somehow, suddenly got the money. Again, this is just miraculous, is able to go buy two top-of-the-line AR-15s and a handgun and hundreds of rounds of ammunition and magazines just a few months prior and then basically carries this stuff into the mall, into the bathroom, and gets geared up and then walks out in the food court and shoots and kills numerous people. I think two or three people died, and their reports kept changing on that. And then what happened was you had Elisha Dickin, who was 22 years old, who under the constitutional carry law that was just put into place – he did not have a concealed carry permit because legally he did not have to have one, and I am a huge proponent of constitutional concealed carry. He had his Glock handgun on him, and he engaged Jonathan and uh, hit him multiple times. Jonathan retreated back to the bathroom where Elisha went in there and basically engaged him with further deadly force and killed him. He apparently fired 10 rounds from his Glock handgun total. They did not say what model or what caliber it was. I'm assuming it was probably a 9mm if he discharged it that many times. I don't know how many times he was hit or how many times he basically shot this Jonathan kid. Now, again, I told you guys yesterday, the situation was very strange considering the fact, again, we've got this young adult white male who suddenly goes out and buys all of these guns with all of this money, doesn't have a job, evicted from his apartment, and suddenly decides to go do a shooting. And this, again... It, in my opinion, was another setup incident through either MKUltra or the CIA or Mossad or whatever one of these groups is involved, the same ones that I think were involved in Uvalde, the same ones that were involved with the kid up there in basically Buffalo. Situations like this, I can tell you right now because I've been a young adult before and when I was working full-time and trying to stack cash, for a young adult with no job and essentially no income and getting evicted out of your apartment – to start coming up with thousands and thousands of dollars to go buy weapons and handguns and ammunition and magazines 
is virtually impossible at best in most cases. Somebody is helping you either fund these or helping you encourage you or giving you money to be able to get this kind of stuff. The same thing that happened with the kid involved. No driver's license, no vehicle, no job. Suddenly goes out and buys a Daniel Defense, a DDM4, I think it was, with an EOTech on it, with another AR-15, thousands of rounds of ammunition. Guys, this isn't easy to acquire. Anybody that works for a living knows how difficult it is to acquire thousands and thousands of dollars just to go buy them on firearms, just so you can go do a mass shooting. doesn't make any sense from a sociological standpoint. But again, this, in my opinion, was timed out perfectly right when this assault weapon bill has hit Congress. And I think they expected, and this was supposed to be, another massive false flag shooting because this kid apparently had two AR-15s on him. Now, why do you have two AR-15s? Because you expect the first one to malfunction and the second one to go up. Um, I don't know why. Most of the time, you just have one very, very reliable rifle. Again, this is something that people have to remember, that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a firearm is a good guy with a firearm, because law enforcement even stated, they've told us, they said, there's nothing we could have done as fast as you did it. He engaged the guy in two minutes from the shooting. From when the shooting started, he had been shot within two minutes by this Elisha Dickenkiai. And what's interesting about this is, the sad part about this is, it shows you in some cases, though, how much some people absolutely love their captivity and they love being controlled by an out-of-control government. There was actually numerous comments on Twitter that I saw, and some of them had dozens and dozens of likes and forwards. This one lady put on here, he was not a good guy. If it was a gun-free zone, we need to confirm this. Somebody else said, it was most definitely a gun-free zone. Greenwood Mall does not allow guns at all. This good guy was not a good guy. Somebody else put, no firearms or illegal weapons allowed in the mall. He was not a good Samaritan. He was breaking the law. I can't even come up with how stupid these types of comments are. This is why I've told people many times before. You make your own decision when you see things like that. Then you see stupid signs up that say, oh, no firearms allowed in this mall. I remember when I was down in Miami on my uh, one of my vacations with my wife when we were first married before we were going to have kids. And we went to the Miami Mall down there. Now, if anybody knows you've been to South Miami, uh, it's riddled with crime. I mean, the gangs down there, the shootings, all the stuff, especially if you start going West Miami out towards Hialeah and Florida City, they are some of the most violent parts of the entire state of Florida because of a lot of the gangs and Haitians and Colombians and other individuals that come up there that are involved in a lot of the drug trafficking. And so Lan and I were down there, and we went to the mall, and there's a giant sign on the mall, no firearms permitted on the property. And I remember at the time, that's when I carried my Glock 30, 45 ACP on my person with a concealed carry permit. And Lance said, you see that sign? I said, yeah. She goes, what do you think about that? I said, don't care. <laughs> don't care at all. If we're going to see a movie, I'm still carrying. I'm still going to the mall. I said, because here's the thing. Anybody that comes in here with the intent to do bodily harm to another individual is literally not even going to slow down when they see that sign. Bad guys don't follow laws. That's why they're called bad guys. It's already illegal to commit murder with a firearm, period. So, again, you make your own decision on what you decide to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not giving you legal advice. What I am saying is this. If this Elisha Dickin would have followed the insanely moronic mall policy of no firearms on there, there's a high probability he would have been dead along with dozens of others in this mall 
he saved many lives with what he did, and I'm glad he was proficient. He said his grandfather trained him up his whole life going shooting, and that's why he was so accurate. So I commend him for this, and I encourage others, make sure you stay active in your training if you're going to carry and know exactly what you're going to do. I mean, he watched his backdrop. He was trying to get people out of the way and make sure he didn't shoot any other bystanders. Handled this situation incredibly well for a 22-year-old with no military or police background. So I want to congratulate him on that and give you guys an update on that situation. And again, this is why I encourage people to make sure you train and you know how to operate properly. What do you think, Deb? A uh, great story, Austin. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that, that this 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 could have been horrible. It could have been 20, 30, 40 people dead again. And again, the only reason you'd strap on two AR-15s, uh, number one, is you you basically are doing it to basically show the world and the police and the and the and the media how you know one gun wasn't enough that you have multiple ar-15s it was all it was all political theater and gun theater is all it was yep. nobody does that yep no no you may you may carry a rifle with you and you may have a backup handgun that, that i understand that but we do that when we train all the time with you but you don't you don't go in there and, and strap double guns on you it's, it's cumbersome and they get in the way but again it's it's political theater it's gun theater look at this guy he didn't just have one ar-15 he had two of them they're so bad, we've got to ban them. Which now, of course, the assault weapons ban is coming up again, and and, and this is this is this is just it's kabuki theater, and, it, and it's horrible that people die. My deepest condolences to the people uh, whose families got killed. And then the, the thing that bothers me, and it's like you just said, how unbelievably stupid. Uh, the, the, he was not a good Samaritan. He was breaking the law. He may have saved forty lives, but he was not a good Samaritan. Uh, you know, the other day when I was up at the Millennium Mall, you know, that's the gun-free zone. And the guy comes running in there with a gun, discharging his weapon. I told you that story, and I was there. I was carrying a gun. I have a concealed weapons permit. Now, they could, if they had found out that I was carrying a gun at the mall, they probably would have trespass warned me. Just thought I'd mention that. If I got trespass, trespass warned from the Millennial Mall, <laughs> I would think it was funny. I would just never go back there again. But, you know, I mean, what would I have done? You know, my wife's in the back. Everybody's hiding in the back. My wife wasn't hiding. She knew I was out front. She was trying to check out Victoria's Secret, and I'm just behind the counter there taking cover like I was trained to do. And I was waiting for this guy to come in and start shooting people, and I was going to have to basically engage him. And it wasn't like – and I wasn't scared. But I will admit, though, that night I had a quite a bit of adrenaline surge that night. It was hard to sleep that night. But the, but the point was I was trained to handle this. I told the girls, you got to run to the back. You've got to run. I said, no, I've been trained to do this. I'm trained. And I never told them I had a weapon. I never – pulled my weapon out. I never brandished my weapon. I just stood there with my hand in my pocket where my gun was. And Sharon always sews holsters into my pants pockets. So it makes because a lot of times if you get a pair of pants, the pockets are too short. They're not deep enough. And you've got to extend them down so the gun doesn't basically, the butt doesn't stick out. <laughs> you get busted by a police officer for, you know, exposing a weapon. And I think it's great that he was actually, you know, relying on his concealed weapon, his ability to carry a gun based on the verdict that just came out of New York. I think that's great. Uh, you know, and watch. You know, here, here's the irony of all of this stuff. Watch them end up charging this kid, who basically was the good Samaritan, with some trumped-up charge of being in a gun-free zone or something stupid. You think, well, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, look, look at it this way. Right now, this, this just came out, and you know, and this is uh, Pamela Hemphill. Hemphill's and she basically uh, was arrested on January the 6th, and she was basically uh, charged with basically trespassing. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's a grandmother, uh, and she basically uh, 
her daughter tweeted a video of her mother as she arrived in the FCI Dublin prison in California to surrender herself to federal authorities. And my daughter asked her, Mom, how do you feel? She asked Kemp Hill. She was, I'm scared to death and I'm frightened. She's grandmother about to go to federal prison, but I know God's with me. It's just going to take five minutes at a time, one day at a time, she replied. Mom, what do you have to say to the American people as your last words before you go to prison for walking into the congressional building? Just keep your faith no matter what's going on in your life, Hemphill said. God is with us no matter what's happening to us. If it's going to be in our, oh, it's going to be okay in our lives if we just lean on God and trust, do what's right and help make this country better again. And support all those that are locked up right now in the January 6th rituals, basically, that are taking place in DC. And they're not even allowed trials. They've been basically locked under Homeland Security. I guess they're domestic terrorists, and they're not even getting trials. They're just locked up. Bree said that her mother pleaded guilty because of the intimidation of the judge and asked that we use her mother's story as a catalyst to bring the darkness to light. Last May, Senior Judge Roy Lambert of the U.S. District Court for Columbia sentenced Pamela Hemphill for one misdemeanor count of demonstrating, parading or picketing in the U.S. Capitol building. Three other counts were dropped under the plea agreement. In addition to jail time and three years of probation, the judge ordered Hemphill to pay $500 restitution. Hemphill had no prior criminal history, and she's fighting breast cancer. Hemphill's lawyer had asked for home confinement given her age and recent bout with chemotherapy, but the judge said that despite it being tempting to be lenient in this kind of situation, he claimed that January the 6th was more severe and it didn't equate to other demonstrations. So she walked into the Capitol building, and now she's been charged with a misdemeanor, and she's being put in the Federal Correctional Institute. She's getting federal prison time for trespassing. Now, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this. I really don't. We see drug dealers. We see all kinds of meth dealers. We see all of these people that are multiple offenders that keep getting probation who don't go to prison at all, and they're immediately bonded out, and they get out. But these guys who basically protested in Congress – they're basically sitting there now, and they're ending up in a situation where they're being put, I guess, for, how should I say, walking into the Capitol building, which we the people own, <laughs> that was opened by the Capitol Police for trespassing. And, and you know, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that this is all happening right now in the United States of America, the land of the home and the free and the brave. And, and we kind of look what's going on, and, and we start to ask ourselves, why is this all happening? Well, Joe Rogan, who I don't endorse, I mean, I, I know he really does come out with some pretty good stuff every once in a while. I'll give him that. Uh, he's now calling Donald Trump a man-baby, quote, M-A-N-B-A-B-Y. And he says that he theorizes that Donald Trump was on Adderall during his entire presidency. Uh, last Thursday edition of the Joe Rogan Experience, the Spotify host broke with fellow comedian Tom Segura. Segura was to promote his book, I'd Like to Play Alone, Please. But the conversation quickly turned to politics and to Trump. The terrible thing that is incredible about this guy, as you know, and I'm saying even when you watch him as president, he was full of energy. Now, I'm editing this for language. Full of it every day and said he slept like four hours a night. He's one of those people. And Joe Rogan said he's on Adderall. <laughs> and the guy goes, yes, I do. He's on Adderall. He goes, yes, I do. Because there were multiple people he used to work with, the apprentice, and they were like, he's gassed up for shoots. Really, said Rogan? Yeah. Because he has trouble reading. Actually, he may have dyslexia, he may have ADD, and he may be functionally illiterate. When I was speaking to Roger Stone at dinner a few months back, I told you I had dinner with him in Mancow down in South Florida. Stone told me that you know Trump doesn't read. 
and that Trump's not very smart. And now that's that's from his lips to my ears, all right? So so here's the thing. If he's not very smart and he basically doesn't really read, uh, what's he doing in the presidency? And he, he said the same Trump – Segura believed that the same routine occurred when Trump became president, saying he would get bored at the CIA briefing in the mornings. Of course he would. And he would like, I don't want to read that. I heard they would put some his name in briefing multiple times to keep him interested, Roy Rogan said. Segura then shared a story he had heard about Trump's son-in-law, Kushner. Quote, he came up with a formula to keep Trump engaged. He obviously was close to him and knew him well, and the formula was like mm, – one good, two good, bad, one. Okay, start to read. So if they're going to give it bad news, you start with some good news first. So they go, this is going very well. Everybody's thrilled with you about this, like Trump's a child. Here's the bad thing, however. But also people love you for the bad thing, too. And, of course, Rogan laughed. He's a man baby. And then Segura said he's a blankety-blank toddler. Wow. Now, they're talking about the ex-president of the United States of America, so here we have the gay canyon. Let's start back. We gotta go back. We gotta go way back. We gotta go back to basically George H. Bush, who basically <laughs> was head of the CIA in the White House. Who was involved, and many people believe, with the Kennedy assassination. And then we gotta go from him, and we gotta go to Bill Clinton, who was running drugs out of Mena, Arkansas, governor of the state. Watch the movie, uh, the Tom Cruise, American Made, and you can go ahead and do more detail with that as far as with Ollie North, if you wanna go into real depth with that. And then you gotta go from him to George W., the dumb one, who sat there with 9-11 and said, you're either for the terrorists or you're with us. I mean, that, that guy, remember, remember him, who said mission was accomplished after a few days and who attacked Afghanistan for absolutely no reason. Of course, they put the heroin back into Afghanistan. And then you gotta go to the gay Kenyan, who's not even an American citizen, who's married to a guy in the White House, who basically uh, was a community organizer, which was apparently very effective, and he was put in a position of power. And then you go from there to Donald Trump, the big mouth bully who has ADD and <laughs> can't apparently read. And then you go from that to the senile president, Joe Biden, who has to be propped up and put on drugs also to be able to respond to the news conference, who can't even read a teleprompter even when he's on drugs. And you sit back and you just shake your head. You go, wow, this has been, <laughs> this has been 30 years of this crap. And you go, what the heck happened to the United States? You know, where have the John F. Kennedy's gone? And I like Reagan, but he was also drugged up after he was shot, after basically he was shot almost immediately upon entering office. And so they kept him on drugs, and they propped him up in front of a teleprompter, too. And then he signed the thing with the vaccines, and he also signed the thing with the assault weapons and the machine guns and all that. Reagan did all that. Don't forget any of that stuff. And you even go a notch before that with Jimmy Carter, which was an unbelievable mitigated disaster, and a notch before that with Ford, who took over for a notch before that with Nixon, who was an unbelievable derelict. You go a notch before that with Lyndon Johnson, who many say was involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and Lyndon Johnson, who basically worked with Israel to almost start World War III with basically the strafing and almost the destroying of the USS Liberty. So then you got to go back to John F. Kennedy, who basically was the wild card who got into office, who wanted to do some things and actually fix the United States, who had an epiphany basically when his PT boat was shot out underneath him. That's why you guys are always asking me, why do you say John F. Kennedy is your favorite president since you've been alive? Well, that's why. You know, he also got signed Executive Order 1110, wanted to get the power back from the Federal Reserve, start printing currency through Congress like they were supposed to do. He wanted to disclose what happened to Roswell. He wanted to get rid of the CIA. 
He wanted to stop running drugs out of Southeast Asia. I mean, he was a good president, my favorite president of all time. Of course, you can go back before that to Truman and to Eisenhower and all the rest of those nutbags who basically decided to kill another 14 million Germans after World War II to make sure the DNA was extinguished. All of that stuff, too, that you guys can do research on and read about, too. But the thing about all of this stuff is that you look back and you think, well, what about, you know, FDR? Well, no, he was another globalist, socialist, whatever. And all of this happened all the way back to Theodore. Roosevelt and his compromise of splitting the election, getting Woodrow Wilson into office, giving us the Federal Reserve Bank. It goes back and back and back and back, and it's all just been orchestrated politics. And we get these crazy guys in the White House that that act like a bunch of weirdos. I mean, I mean, you, you can't even believe that these guys are president of the United States when you watch them stand up in, te- in front of a teleprompter, and, and they simply can't even read. Uh, there's an article by the Soccer. And he writes some really good stuff. And then he starts talking about what's going on with the United States and how about all, all these false flags. And then he starts going into detail about, you know, what happens with Western politics and algorithm. I'm going to read you a, cha- a paragraph of this. And I want you to go back and read this entire article because it's one of the best written articles I've ever read on false flags in the government and falsifying the media and controlling the politics and the media through that. Here he is, quote, this is the essence of the well-worn Western political algorithm to concoct a fake story and ratchet up the hype as if it's a universal catastrophe for a couple of days while blocking people's access to alternative information or assessments. And when any facts do break that they're simply ignored, as best mentioned on the last pages of the news in small print, it's important to understand that this is not a harmless game in the media war. Such productions are used as pretext for very material Actions such as punishing the guilty, countries with sanctions, unleashing barbaric aggressions against them, or hundreds of thousands of civilian casualties, as it happened in particular in Iraq and Libya, or as in the case of Ukraine, for using the country as an expendable material in the Western proxy war against Russia. Moreover, NATO instructors and MLRS aimers are apparently already fighting the actions of the Ukrainian armed forces and national battalions on the ground. In other words, what he's saying is the theater that we're seeing right now, the Kabuki theater of what's happening in the Ukraine is being orchestrated by our government along with the other governments that are in cohorts with us through the United Nations. And you stop and you go, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. How in the world can these groups of people do this and why are they doing this and what's the point of all this? And then you start to realize that this entire world that we live in, and this is what I talk about on an ongoing basis, is being controlled by the same group of people. We're just, you know, people on a stage. And then when we can maintain a low enough profile, <laughs> like we try to do on this show, which is becoming more and more difficult because the show's gotten so big, uh, and we try to tell people the truth of what's happening, the people go, oh, wow, that makes sense. And that's why last Monday, a week ago, I went into detail about what was happening in the world and why the world was being affected the way it is by this ancient Canaanite cult. And, and once you understand that, you start to realize that, you know, we've got some serious mess going on. And the reality is that this mess isn't getting any better. It's, it really isn't. It's getting much, much worse. And you have to ask yourself, you know, it always ends up being Israel. It always ends up being the great it always ends up being Great Britain, <laughs> and it always ends up being the United States. And, and it's like the, we're like the, the the triple horrible crew of like you know 
you know, Frankensteins that have been created by this world monster that go around doing whatever they want to do, whenever we want to do it, however we want to do it, whenever we want to do it. And you sit back and you go, wait a minute, it shouldn't be that way. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is that way. There's a really good article on by Chris Hedges, and it's called War with Iran. And it says, here's what it goes on. It says the United States, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and I'm adding, it, you know, I, I'm adding Great Britain to that, are responsible for military fiascos, hundreds of thousands of deaths, and innumerable war crimes in the Middle East are now planning to attack Iran. The United States, Israel, and Saudi Arabia are plotting to war. In 2015, Iranian arms deal or joint comprehensive plan of action, which Donald Trump sabotaged, does not look like it will be revived. The U.S. Central Command is reviewing options to attack if Tehran is poised to obtain nuclear weapons. And Israel, which opposes the U.S.-Iran nuclear negotiations, carries out military strikes. During his visit to Israel, Biden assured Prime Minister Yard Lapid that the U.S. is prepared to use all elements of its national power, including military forces, to stop Iran from building a nuclear weapon. In other words, we're willing to go to Iran with go get a war with Iran over this. Saudi Arabia, Arabia, Israel, and the U.S. function as a troika in the Middle East. The Israeli government has built a close alliance with the Saudi Arabians, which we've talked about that in detail, how that happened, which produced 15 of the 19 hijackers on September the 19th, 11th attacks, has been a prolific sponsor of international terrorism, supporting Salif Jihadism, the basis of al-Qaeda, and such, such front groups as Afghanistan, Taliban, and the al-Nashura Front. The three countries worked in tandem to back the 2013 military coup in Egypt, led by General Abal Fatih Assisi, who overthrew his first his first democratically elected government, he was in prison. Tens of thousands. He has imprisoned tens of thousands of government critics, including journalists and human rights defenders, on politically motivated charges. The Sisi regime collaborates with Israel by keeping its common border with Gaza closed to Palestinians, trapping them in the Gaza Strip, one of the most densely populated, impoverished places on Earth. It's basically an open air prison. Is what it is. I'm gonna let you guys finish reading this i'm going to post it it's listed under consortiumnews.com it's a really good article but you have to ask yourself a question why does this constantly come in to the united states and israel the united states and israel and again this goes right back to what we talk about on this show and have done so to the point of nauseam as far as i'm concerned and how the united states is backed you know is backing israel regardless of what israel does because primarily because of the conservative Christians that are Zionists, the 40 million or so that claim to be Zionists in the United States that have been completely and totally lied to and hoodwinked and basically misled by the Schofield Reference Bible. That's why Chuck Baldwin and I, and now I was on with Jeff French the other night, and we talked about this in depth, you know, about what Christians have to do to wake up. We, <laughs> the Schofield Reference Bible and Samuel Schofield, and, you know, it's, you know, and, and, and all the, and Untermeyer and all the rest of the people that pushed all of this, this was all done on purpose, and you got to give them credit. I, I'll be honest with you guys. You got you got to give them credit. These guys are basically have this hundred year plan that they've been implementing now for almost two hundred years with Israel and the rebuilding of the third temple to basically resurrect their serpent god. This is the group that's been doing this. Now, here's what's interesting to me: we don't know. You know, we know Satan has been talked of for you know thousands of years. The Bible goes back thousands of years, and. and we still realize that this entity, whatever it is, is still alive. So we have to ask ourselves the question, how long do these things live? How long do these entities live? 
we know God's eternal. We know that because he created the heavens and the earth. But how long do these other entities live? How long do these, quote, demons live? I mean, are these guys like, do they live like thousands and thousands and thousands of years? Is that why this is just a, a brief prelude here as far as what we're seeing to the one world order? And they continually try to bring back what they had back with the ancient Roman culture with the open gladiatorial combat and, you know, in fighting to the death and sacrificing people on crosses. Is that what they're trying to do? Is this just a comma, a brief comma in their, in their play in which they go, oh, by the way, the United States, you know, has now implemented a constitution and they're a constitutional republic and therefore we have to basically take them out, but it may take two or three. 300 years to do that and but that's insignificant because we live you know a million years i don't know you guys ask that question too i don't know i mean here's the point these guys are so well planned that they do this stuff and it seems like it's seamless i just went through the presidents that i know of in my lifetime and how utterly corrupt they were except for one with john f kennedy And, and you think and you go back and you go wow well, who's putting all these people in the power? And that's why I talked about it the other day on the show. These people that get this level, and that's why I really hope and pray Ron DeSantis isn't one of them, basically are picked because they're willing to either follow the line, do what they're told to do, or they're compromised, or they basically been blackmailed, or there's stuff on them on a computer somewhere. Who knows? But they can be controlled. And so we watch all of this stuff happen, and we go, wow. That's why the last election, I told you guys, I didn't vote for Trump. I refused to because I realized how utterly corrupt he was when he carpet-bombed the United States and shut down all these businesses and put all these mom-and-pop businesses out of business and how he basically told people they couldn't go to church. And he followed everything that he was being told by Fauci and that other horrible woman that was running things as far as to the CDC. And again, these academicians – and, and I and I wrote this out to some of, some of you guys. Some of you got this text from me the other day, and, and I'm going I'm to read it to you because it, it, this is just really important that you understand how I see these people and who they are. And, and here's what I said: Yeah, it was Dr. Bricks, and she was praising herself when she wrote this new book, and she was revealing her ignorance and her treachery and her deceit. And there's a really good article I posted from the Brownstone Institute you need to read. And I remember her press conferences; they were awful. And personally, I would like to see somebody dig into her finances, and I wonder if Pfizer, another huge vaccine company, had her on payroll. And her hubris is beyond belief. The academicians, now these are the people that basically stay in the ivory tower, and this is what I wrote, are usually clueless. They have no real-world experience. Honestly, they're educated idiots in many cases, and they have no reasoning skills in many cases. Saying that they're stupid is a compliment to them. And during my entire professional career, I have been aghast at their unwillingness to see the truth and to step out of their ivory towers and to see the damage that their arrogance has caused. I wrote that on Sunday. And then uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, a good friend of the show, she says, well, they aren't stupid and a great number are deceived about the nature of the world. And they live in a university bubble. Some are bought and few are psychopaths who have read into the plan. At the top, a very few are the demonic initiators of the plan, Revelation 18.23, for by the sorcery in Greek pharmakia were all nations deceived. And then I said back to Lee, I said, I agree they probably have high IQs, but that can be meaningless when it comes to reasoning skills. I knew so many of them at Florida State University. Their hubris has no limits. Plus, many only care about research grants and their funding. Many are willing to be totally compromised to achieve their goal of being relevant and to be published. And I said, this is nauseating to me. The Rockefeller Rothschild Medical Complex has destroyed true preventive health care. 
the league goes on to say. I'm just saying it's not because they're stupid or don't know. At every level, they know they are being used by evil, but are either in denial, many are willing to be compromised, or revelant to be revelant and to be published, or they are the integral to and knowing of the occult nature of their profession. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, a lot of people are getting this. And then Carmen basically sent me a really interesting text on top of that because I had copied her on this. And she said her father was basically a, how should I say, a university professor, a university mathematics professor. And after he had been dealing with these professors for so many years, he said he was done with them. And even though he had tenure at a university, he quit and went into another profession because he simply couldn't deal with it. He goes, her quote, her quote was this. Yes, that is true. My father was a mathematics professor, and he left his tenured position and changed careers because he came to the same conclusion. She also said that her father didn't like the students very much, though he thought of most of them were idiots and didn't want to learn. But if he got a student he thought was talented, then he was thrilled to have an intelligent student that was interested in mathematics. And I'm going I'm to digress for one second. You know, I was a college professor for two years up in Tallahassee, and I really enjoyed this. And I had – it was such joy. And listen to me, young friends, and love young children, love young kids and, and college students if you're listening right now. If you go to college, listen, this is so important. Say, focus with me for a second. And, and if you're an adult and you're going back to school, the same thing. You sit on the front row. You sit on the front row of the class. I told Austin this when he was in school. I told Savannah this. I tell all my kids. I told Harrison this. You sit on the front row of your class and you engage the professor. And you let him know you're interested in the topic. I don't care if the course is boring and you have to take it because it's a requirement. You find something positive in that class and you engage the professor and you engage in dialogue with the professor. It's very important because it lets the professor know there's actually somebody out there that wants to learn and wants to listen. And if you do that, your college experience is going to go very well. We had a professor, and he was a really nice guy. His name was Dr. Bruce, but he had a reputation for being boring. But I, what it was, it was the name of the class was history of psychological thought. I was at FSU, an undergraduate degree, and I remember I sat on the front row and I really, really enjoyed his teaching. Now he was interested. He would, if you came, if you came in the classroom, it was funny. One day he was in the because attendance was required. One day was there was a guy in the back of the class reading the newspaper. I mean, he had it up in front of his face, reading the newspaper, completely ignoring Dr. Bruce. And Dr. Bruce looked at him and said, "Can you please put the newspaper down?" He goes, look, he says, I don't care if you go to sleep in my class. Don't care because it's required attendance. But you're not going to sit here and read a newspaper and completely ignore me. He says, you're not going to do that. It's very rude. He said that to the kid. Well, one day, kid, it was actually an older person, probably in his mid-20s. And, of course, at that time, we were all in our 20s, most of us. But the point is this. If you engage a professor and you try to find something positive about the course, you'll enjoy it. I ended up really enjoying the class. I really did. I had some friends that were in there with me. We had a good time. And I, I would always say to them, find something that you can be positive about about the class. Find something you can be positive about about the president, about Dr. Bruce. Find something to be positive about in class that will make the class a lot easier for you. And when I started doing that in college and in graduate school, I really started enjoying school. I really did. So just a heads up for you guys. I have a friend of mine. His name's uh, Micah. And he basically uh, is a, just a pilot, and he went to class, and he went to college, and he has a, a four-year degree in, uh, I believe it's in aeronautics, and he also is working for a major company now that manufactures.
manufactures airplanes. And he told me one time, he was the sad part about it is, Ted, he goes, a lot of my students don't enjoy the process of learning how to fly a plane. They don't want to do it. They're just doing it because they want to get a job, but they hate flying. He goes, I don't understand why they would not want to fly and do this for the rest of their life and hate that profession. And I said to him, I said, you're right, Mike. I said, the one of the worst things someone can do is to find a profession that they don't like and do it for the rest of their lives and be miserable for 30 or 40 years. And see, this is the thing we've got to realize. If we stand our ground and we do what we want to do, and we find a way to make what we want to do a profession or basically a career, it changes everything. And, and then other people are talking more and more about the transgenders and what's going on in the school systems and all the other crazy stuff that's happening. And it's true. And the reason that that's happened is that so many people have gone into education now who are compromised, who are lesbians or homosexuals or transgenders or weirdos. I mean, the National Education Association, this this lobbying group, this this union, uh, that's run by lesbians, hardcore militant lesbians, a lot of whom are probably witches. And that's why we've allowed these people to come into our school systems now and indoctrinate our children to teach them all kinds of perversion at the age of three, four, and five. This is sick. And that's why I want to I stand with Governor DeSantis as far as the anti-grooming laws. And I'm like Austin. I feel that he didn't go far enough. I believe he should have changed these laws to prevent these children from being taught any of this stuff at all until probably 10th or 12th grade. And even if then, I don't, I don't consider it be okay. Just don't don't try to sexually groom your children with sex ed in the school systems. That's something the parents and the pre Preachers, of course, the preachers don't want to address anything, need to be talking to these kids about as far as what's right and what's wrong in God's eyes. But enough of my pontification. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, yeah, I mean, and to tie off of that is I had a conversation the other day with somebody on this topic, and we were going, you know, back and forth pretty much on the same page. And I brought up, you know, this, this, our assistant health secretary in the United States that, that bumbling buffoon put in office, uh, Richard. <laughs> Yeah, I think he I think he goes by Rachel Levine. I don't know. He's so ugly I can't really keep up with who he is. And uh he did some big thing on NBC this week, basically saying that they want to make sure treatment and support and affirmation to empower our youth not to limit their participation in sports or limit their ability to get gender treatment in their state. And goes on to detail how it's really important, you know, if children decide that they want to go on puberty blockers or, you know, females want to start going on testosterone replacement therapy, which, by the way, that's what that is when you start going to hormone replacement therapy. But nobody wants to say it because people know it happens when females go on testosterone because everybody's seen female bodybuilders that do it, and it turns out interesting. And, I mean, it's not – females aren't designed to be on a gram of testosterone a week. It's just not, not normal. And that's what it is. If female goes on transition therapy, they put her on testosterone injections. She starts getting a beard. Her Adam's apple grows. Her voice drops. She starts building muscle tissue. Her bones become denser. She starts turning into a man. They call them virilization symptoms in bodybuilding because they're females using products that they should not be using. That's 100% irreversible, all those side effects. They do not ever go away in that female, ever. So – that girl now 18, 19, 20 years old and decides, man, I can't believe I've been on a test cycle for the last six years in high school. Uh, I look really, really bad. This is a horrible decision that I did. Sorry. You get to deal with this the rest of your life now. Good luck shaving. Welcome to our world. <laughs> Find out a good razor for you. And all of a sudden the girl goes, well, what am I supposed to do now? No, it's not our problem. You know, you, you decide you want to do this when you're 10 years old because, you know, it's totally normal to let 10-year-olds make decisions with hormone placement therapy. Not 
Come on, guys. Where, where, where is this going to the point people are normalizing this? DeSantis just did an interview the other day, and uh, he, he said this. He goes, there's a bunch of people in Washington that are trying to tell us that, you know, basically anybody can have a baby. And he said, no, females can birth a child. Men cannot birth a child, period. This has been a biological fact of life since the beginning of time. This will be a biological fact for continuing to go on for the rest of time. This concept of trying to distort and manipulate reality is so far-fetched, we cannot go along with it. It's basically what he says. This is basically lunacy. This is insanity. This is insanity running amok, and you're putting individuals who are essentially, in my opinion, clinically insane or completely and totally deviant perverts. This, this Richard Levine dude, the secretary, health secretary, I personally think, this is my opinion, I personally think he is a hardcore undercover pedophile, like deep, deep pedophile. That's why he's so bent on doing this weird, weird gender transition therapy on children, why he's promoting it, why he's doing it. And at the same time, you have all these social media platforms who are now sticking up for it. They're encouraging it. They're, I mean, Reddit now, if you guys saw this, the Reddit forums, they just banned the word groomer. The term groomer, the description of child predators who expose children to sexually explicit material, the term groomer. They are now saying that the term groomer is considered hate speech. Yes, I kid you not. They are saying the term groomer is now classified as hate speech on Reddit. Well, why would you expect anything different? Almost all the social media platforms are owned by the same individuals. Those same individuals operate in and out of the CIA. Those same individuals that operate with the CIA, the same ones that operate with the Mossad in Israel. All these guys are connected, and they're all designing, and they're working to do one thing, and that's basically completely and totally pervert the younger generation and remove any and all biblical moral laws so that Jesus Christ is not an option at all, 100%. You don't even talk about that. And you can talk about anything you want. You can't talk about Christ, and you cannot talk about normal concepts. You can't talk about natural law. Everything you discuss has to be perversion. Well, if you do that to a generation long enough, that generation will cease to understand anything normal. They will have no morals. They will have no ethics. And I am honestly very, very nervous about what's going to happen to these young kids that I, I can't speak up for in some cases because there's so many schools and so many derelict parents across the nation that are allowing themselves to be exposed to this. I'm very, very just concerned about what's going to happen in 5 to 10 to 15 years when these children – that their parents have allowed them to be exposed to groomers and exposed to pedophiles and transgender perverts, that what's going to happen to these young children when they become adults? And I, I don't know. I, I have a very bad feeling about this, and that's the overall goal, I think. That's why I've said right now, you can do the best you can in your community. You can do the best you can in your school system. We've tried down here. We're working on stuff. We have an election here in August, the end of August. I think it's August 23rd, so i got to double-check it for the Polk County School Board. And we're working diligently. There's, there are four individuals that we absolutely are working to get in because we've got to get some of the ones in there completely out. I mean, they're, they're so far left that it boggles my mind they ever made it to Polk County School Board. And we've got to do everything we can. But the very, very basis of it all, got to protect your children 100%. You've got to know what they're getting exposed to. You've got to know what they're seeing. I saw yesterday on my way to work, I was driving around the lake. We have all these lakes around here in Polk County. And there was a mom that was walking a bicycle with her daughter 
and basically pushing her bicycle. She was pushing her daughter's bicycle. Let me clarify that. The mom was going on a walk. The daughter was previously riding the bicycle. Now the mom was pushing the daughter's bicycle. And the daughter was walking in front of her on the sidewalk, holding a phone in her hand with her head at a 45-degree angle, staring at the phone while they walked down the sidewalk with traffic around them, by the way. Now, not only can I tell you that that's unbelievably dangerous to encourage that type of behavior of a child not having situational awareness while there is traffic close by and allowing them to sit on a phone while they're outside in the sun getting fresh air. She cannot literally go 20 minutes without having some type of dopamine trigger on an electronic device. The very fact is this. Majority of these programs and these games and these television shows, not all of them, I'm not knocking all of them, but a huge percentage of them are designed to train the child's brain. They're designed to put them and constantly have dopamine triggers and put subliminal perversion in their brain. I cannot tell you how many times that there'd be like a movie come out or there's something's on, you know, and the kids want to watch something. I'm like, okay, you know, you guys got your room clean. You've been playing outside all day. Let's relax. You watch something. And uh, we've gotten a movie from it. It was a while back ago. I told you guys this. There was a, a Looney Tunes DVD that was on sale at Walmart for like a couple bucks. And I thought it was like the old Looney Tunes, like, you know, with Roadrunner and Yosemite Sam. I used to love Yosemite Sam when I was younger. I thought he was just hilarious, running around, shooting at the rabbit all the time. I don't, I don't know how, how good that was back then, but it was funny. It was funny back then. And I put it in there, and I didn't realize it was an old It was a brand new one. And literally, it's like three minutes into this. It's like Bugs Bunny and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend starts doing this giant song about how the United Nations needs to step in and stop all this pollution and needs to come in and protect the planet. And I'm looking at it, and literally my jaw dropped. It, it went on for about it, – it, it, I didn't, I didn't even, she didn't finish the song. It went on for about 45 seconds. I walked over and clicked off and said, that's getting turned off. Hunter's like, what's the matter? I said, that is absolutely no propaganda you guys are ever going to be exposed to in my household. I said, what happens in college or later on in your life, you know you'll have a strong frame of reference when you see that crap. I said, but this is not something at all that I'm going to allow you guys to watch. I said, I am baffled this was on Looney Tunes now within the first couple minutes. But again, this was the new phase of the cartoons. They did this very, very subliminally. They took old shows, and they've done this now, old shows that a lot of times were funny, that were decent, that were clean, and now they've slowly perverted them and brought in all this filth like Disney has now, where all they want to do is put out this absolute debauchery in their cartoons all the time. Sick, sick stuff they want to constantly talk about and say it's normal. Same thing they want to promote at their parks in most cases. You have to understand that you only get one shot with our kids at this young age, and they're very, very highly susceptible to this right now. What they're exposed to right now is going to change the fabric of the direction and how they think when they're older. If you start allowing them to be indoctrinated for hours and hours and hours and end every single day, I promise you there will be side effects to what they're indoctrinated to, especially if it is not biblical and it's not Christian, it's not moral. Heck, it's not even decent from a constitutional republic standpoint. They will believe it. And if there is not enough positive that goes into their brain from their parents, from their involvement, it will have a negative thought side effect for them the rest of their lives. So, again, I encourage you guys, understand this isn't a joke anymore. This isn't a, oh, well, you know what, ha, 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 it's kind of funny. We'll just make sure we, we kind of do something at some point when they get older. No, this is an all-out war on children. This is not a game to these groomers and these pedophiles. This is not a game to them, guys. They're taking this very seriously. There's a full-blown attack to try to come in and subvert this culture. 
There's a reason why they're trying to tell you that grown men can go to the bathroom with your daughter. There's a reason why they're telling you that eight and nine-year-olds need to be able to go on gender hormone replacement enhancement. There's a reason why they're saying that four- and five-year-olds need to be taught about gender identity in school. It's a direct war and affront to biblical values. It's an affront to natural laws. They're doing it to subvert everything. I cannot clearly state that anymore, guys. So I encourage you, get the truth out there. Stand up for what you believe. And by all means, if you see something going on that you're directly involved in, do not remain silent. Be vocal and stand by your convictions. Even if it's not funny, if it's not cool, if it's not popular, stand by it, my friends. Because we saw what happened when many of us come together at Polk County. And we said, no, we're done with the math. Basically, we're not complying with your perversion anymore and trying to muzzle these children with your satanic imagery and force them to basically ruin their psyches and not allow them to even have the ability to see other children speak. We're done with it. We're done with it. My kids weren't even in public school. They weren't involved in any of this. I was still there involved in it. you got to get involved. you got to get active the best you possibly can. Also, too, in other news, I saw this. This is interesting now is – you start to see these things and people start to become more and more vocal. I just saw an article now that came out from the Brad Spielberg, and he did a news conference last week. And this is the Los Angeles chief medical officer. Okay, this is the chief medical officer of LA and University of South California Medical Center, epidemiologist Paul Horton. And they came out now because, you know, as I told you guys, Los Angeles Public Health Director Barbara Freyer came out at the end of last week and stated that because of the horrific COVID levels in L.A., everybody was going to start wearing masks. It would be mandatory indoor mask wearing. And this chief medical officer, he said, our COVID situation has been the same. It has not changed. He goes, we're seeing people come in, majority of which have been vaccinated, ironically, and they're having symptoms and they're getting sick and we're sending them home. He said, there's not some massive ICU going on. There's not massive deaths going on. Really not sure what's going on. He said, except we're seeing bad colds and majority of people have been injected. So I don't know where this is going with you. And uh, it was funny because everybody basically started getting on social media and started hammering Barbara Fair because of what a moron she is and how horrifically she has handled everything over there in L.A. Remember, they're not following science when they start telling you to wear a mask. They're following whoever is their master telling them that they have to push this law again or this – excuse me, this mandate again, this unconstitutional. That's individuals. right. That is what they're doing. They're being told, you push this now. We keep you in your position. You follow orders. Everybody knows that has any background in science that the masks, especially cloth masks, do absolutely nothing for reducing transmission of an upper respiratory virus, period. There is no – there is no argument or debate about that anymore, guys. It's been long tested. It's been long looked at. And there's a very strong conclusion. It does not work at all, period. So understand what they're trying to do. It's not about trying to slow the spread of anything because it's all there already. There's always viruses running around. It's about forcing people to comply further with demands of what they tell them. And they're beta testing to see how many people are going to go along and submit to what they're telling them. What do you think, Dad? Uh, exactly right, Austin. I mean, you know, right now a poll just came out and it said that basically the question was, if the 2024 elections were held today, would you vote for Ron DeSantis or Joe Biden? And it was 90 percent for Ron DeSantis. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, what we have right now in the United States of America is not OK. And, and we realize that, you know, all of these people that are involved as far as these crazy 
decisions that are being made by the government, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening with the war, what's happening with sanctions and everything else are being affected. I mean, here's what's interesting. You know, after failing the United Kingdom at every opportunity to serve the globalist interests, Boris Johnson resigned as the prime minister to which the Russian Kremlin expressed good riddance. Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi, who helped deliver Italian weapons to Ukraine and rally support to Ukraine's entry into the EU, announced his resignation. Last month, Estonian Prime Minister Kajay Kallas expelled the populist center-left center party, claiming that she needed to form a new government to support Ukraine in their war against Russia. And on Thursday, Kallas officially resigned as formality to form a new government, which she has already reached a consensus between the center-right and the Reform Party. And Sri Lanka presidents, which of course is third, this third world failed country, who supported Ukraine despite sanctions crippling his own nation, emailed in his registration after fleeing the country. And we're starting to realize that these people that are supporting Zelensky and all of this crazy crap in the Ukraine, you know, what's happening there, uh, they're starting to basically be taken out because people have had enough of it or they're not doing enough as far as promoting their new world order. Catherine Austin Fitz said it this way. She said, we're seeing a clean-out or a political castration of our leaguers, Draghi, Johnson, Biden, Macron, Abe. He's, their political capital is exhausted, and they will not push the next wave by the World Economic Forum aggressively enough. She goes on to say that Mr. Global is looking to bring in a whole new round of fresh and meaner leadership. She feels the next wave is going to be a total collapse, and it's not easy to find people who are willing to be the fall god for the destruction of a nation takes a special type of person, which might explain why Governor Gavin Newsom visited the White House right after Joe Biden was shuffled off to Israel to mumble about the Holocaust. <laughs> this is a funny article. Biden is even unsettling to the stupid, and his entire operation requires stupidity. So things are going to keep getting stranger, but it probably won't last a lot longer because the global financial reset is not imminent. She says, Sri Lanka was just the next beginning. It looks like South Africa could be next, followed by everyone else. The fractional fiat currency reserve scheme has been robbing the people blind for decades, but eventually all the money runs out because the Ponzi scheme comes to an end, and the financial are saying it's going to be within the next couple of years. Guys, listen to me. Keep yourself as solvent as you possibly can right now. Keep up some stored food. Stock up on your supplements to make sure the stored food has enough nutrient density. You don't want to run out of vitamins. Really, really, really important. Stock up on some of your oils that you're going to need. And make sure that you continue to pray every single day. And always remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Because we shall call his name Jesus. For he is the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, the Counselor, the Good Shepherd, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Messiah. He is the way. For he is Lord God Almighty, Lord of all, resurrection and life, King of kings, and he is the Son of God. Always remember that and keep your hearts and minds in Christ in everything that you do and protect your children. Ladies, you be like that lioness who protects those cubs to the point of her own life. You protect those kids against the schools and the weirdos and all the stuff that's happening from the Frankfurt School and the indoctrination centers that we call school systems. You teach those children, husbands, you do it too, about the word of God and how to pray right. I love you guys, and I appreciate you. Finish it up, Austin. God bless you guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. And, my friends, if you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. Thank you again for the support and getting the truth out there. And I say that every day, and I mean it sincerely. That's why I thank you guys every day. One thing that I learned a long time ago that can overcome you know, negativity or basically if, if you're feeling down about something or something's just bothering you or you're having a difficult time staying positive, one biggest thing that you can always focus on is gratitude. 
gratitude overcomes all of that. When you look back and you say, man, I'm really thankful for this. I'm really thankful for my customers, my friends, my family, even my country that I'm still fighting for. I haven't given up on this country. We may have some individuals that are complete and total perverts trying to run the show and steal the theater. doesn't mean I don't like our country and I love our country still. This is a beautiful country, strong country, resilient country, founded on all kinds of things. Was it perfect? No. They have things that have happened here horrifically in the past. Oh, yeah. This doesn't mean I suddenly turn around and go, well, I'm just not going to support this country anymore. I'm going to go find another one. Every single country has got negative attributes, and a lot of them have positive attributes, unless you're talking about, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> so, again, thank you again for my support, my friends. Thank you for just getting the truth out there. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for everything you guys have sent me. I was trying to go through all the mail the other day. and. It was a little late, and I got a birthday card from Catherine White. She actually sent me a, a birthday present in there, and I, I really appreciated that. It was like one of the only birthday cards I got from a customer, but it doesn't matter. I really appreciate that, and I love the emails I get from a lot of the customers. And just thank you for the continued support and getting the truth out there and fighting for what we have right now. Because I'm telling you right now, it makes a difference when we all do it in aggregate. You know, one or two people – you're not going to hear them out of a crowd for the most part. You start having 40, 50, 80, 90, 100 people out of you know 300, start yelling, start hollering no, start saying no, we're not going to go along with this. Oh, everybody starts hearing it. So thank you again for the support. And be sure, like I said, vote for what you want to see when tomorrow is product of the week. And don't forget the ultimate multiple powder on sale right now is product of, or on June sale, July sale, excuse me, on the front page right here. I just pulled it up. July Super Sale Ultimate Multiple Powder, 20% off sale. Biggest sale we've done on this in a long time. Be sure to check it out, healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.